Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Angela Bowen here, the host of Looking Back on My Wonder Years, a Wonder Years podcast. Well, today, I had been kind of ruminating about this for a bit, even like a year or so ago. And I just didn't have the time last year, but I'm like, you know what? I got some time. And it is Valentine's Day. It's February 14th. And I'm like, and even though I just watched this episode like a week ago, I'm like, you know what? I want to do this episode for the podcast. I've done the Thanksgiving episode of The Simpsons. I've done um, the Summer of Four Foot Two. I did that for right around early July. I think I, I even think when I did that, I may have still been living in the hotel, like just before where we were going to uh, move into an apartment. But anyway. I want to do this episode. This episode, it's season four, episode 15, I Love Lisa. This episode aired February 11th, 1993. So I would have been almost ten and a half. <laughs> now, I'm trying to think whether, I mean, I wasn't always a avid Simpsons watcher all the time, but I would catch episodes, like, they'll show, like, a preview, like, oh, don't miss Sunday night's episode of The Simpsons. And it's, like, kind of like, oh, that's an interesting episode, we'll check that out. I think when I was younger, I might have been an avid uh, Simpsons watcher, just because, you know, also in Living Color at the time, also, so, I, let's just say... Because I didn't get cable till I was like 14. I watched a lot of Fox. That means a lot of shows on Fox. Some that most likely even could have been canceled early. One in particular I remember is called True Colors. I think it was like TRU Colors. But it had a um, it had a black dad and two I think it was two black sons and then a white mother with a daughter they're coming off you know divorces or or how whatever the situation is and it's kind of like a uh combine the family and I think the mom like has a like a mother because there's like the old grandma in there but anyway I, I just I do remember you know what real quick let me look that up I remember it it <laughs> it was just uh it was definitely a cool show um, yeah, oh, actually, it is T true. Okay. A newly wedded middle class interracial blended family deals with life's issues with love and humor. This episode aired 46 episodes, so it was around four, you know, two full seasons. Uh, I bet anything, maybe there could even be episodes on YouTube. I do remember one episode in particular, real quick, that was, like, the daughter went to go live with her dad because her parents were divorced, and he only had, like, two plates and two cups. And he's like, oh, well, if we have guests, we'll have to go run out and buy more plates and more cups. And I just thought, like, I don't know, I thought that was interesting, but, um, it also had the woman who played... Um, Sophia's sister on the Golden Girls, she played Angela, uh, Aunt Angela. <laughs> uh, one Golden Girls podcast, honestly, that I absolutely love, that is actually finished the show, Out on the Lanai, 
It's so good. It is so funny. I would even listen to episodes about episodes I hadn't even seen. They also did cover The Golden Palace, which is on YouTube. I believe. I gotta get on that before they take that off. But anyway, alright, let's uh, <laughs> let's move back to what this podcast episode is actually about. It's actually about Ralph and Lisa. And it just honestly feels... Since I have watched, and I am an avid Simpsons watcher, granted, I don't really watch much past season eight too much. I got my favorites. I watch a hundred thousand times over. Season three, to me, of The Simpsons is by far one of my favorites. I watch pretty much all the episodes. Um, That's how I learned, because I have season three on DVD of The Simpsons. That's how I learned that Michael Jackson episode was not on Disney+. And my husband said, well, it's a good thing you have this season three DVD set. Do not ever get rid of it because you will never see that that episode. I'm like, wow. And I don't know what all the controversy is about why they're not putting it on Disney+. I'm like, come on now. But anyway, all right, season four, episode 15. Lisa gives Ralph a Valentine's Day card out of pity, but soon regrets it when he develops an unwanted crush on her. Um, yeah, the thing is with Ralph, though, it feels like in the earlier seasons they gave him a personality, but it just seems like later on he just, his intelligence, it just feels like his intelligence is just like at zero and it's just sad because you know you really could have this to me is as real as Ralph gets his feelings how he his emotions just everything and it just it's so good it this episode's got an 8.4 out of 10 you know Nancy Cartwright not only does the voice of Bart Simpson she also does the voice of Ralph Wiggum I'm sure she also does voice I think she even does the voice of Maggie because there are some times where like Maggie there's an episode where Maggie kind of cries a little bit I'm like that sounds like Bart and my husband's like that's probably because it's Nancy Cartwright doing the voice Lisa uh, Simpson of course Yardley Smith or Yardley Smith you definitely when she has been, and uh, she was in Herman's Head, I remember that was another, I believe, show on Fox. Um, there's another, um, We're Back, A Dinosaur Story by Don Bluth. She voices one of the characters, and it's like, literally, all you're hearing is Lisa Simpson. <laughs> and it's just like, oh my goodness. I feel the same way about Michael J. Fox's character. Yes, he was on Family Ties. Yes, he played Marty McFly in Back to the Future. But he also did the voice of Chance. I mean, yes, he did the voice of Stuart Little, too. But it's like whenever I hear him, all I hear is Chance the Dog from Homeward Bound, which, by the way, is now 30 years old. Some of these movies, it's like I work in a movie theater. I'm like, we need to get some of these bet free willy the sandlot rookie of the year i mean honestly if i had to ch- I, I can't choose if i could see again either free willy or the sandlot in the theater i don't know which one i would i would definitely want to go with both because they're so good 40th anniversary terms of endearment this year Cujo Cujo I want to hands out i want to see that at the theater i wish i knew what i could do to like hey 
I'll put up the money. You get me the movie. I want a chance to see that. Well, Christine also turns 40 this year. I'm like, if I had to choose between Chris, Christine and Cujo of Stephen King's films there that are turning 40 this year, Cujo 100%, so many jump scares. It would be great on... They're actually re-releasing it on Blu-ray with 4K. Well, 4K. I'm like, I'm getting it because... I want to see just the difference. I mean, I know that movie, Backwards and Forwards. You guys know I did a review on the movie Cujo. Okay, I keep slipping back into other things. Directed by Wesley Archer, Matt Groening, one of the writers, James L. Brooks, Sam Simon, Frank Mueller, Bill Oakley, Josh Weinstein, Deanne McGrath. Written by yeah, story editors Bill, Josh, and Dan. Okay, cool, cool. Um, another, excuse me, another Simpsons pod, one main Simpsons podcast I, I absolutely love. I haven't listened to it in a while because, like I said, I only kind of listen to the earlier seasons. Like, honestly, seasons like one through seven, some of eight. But, um, Four Finger Discount is absolutely amazing at, there are a couple Aussie guys that are so, so cool. I just, I love their podcast and how fun, how much fun they have with it. We got a uh, movie, uh, movie, <laughs> we have user reviews. I'm going to hold off on that. We got trivia. I'm going to wait. Uh, same with goofs. We got monster matches played twice in this episode. Filming locations in USA. Like, come on, it's a cartoon. Of course it's filmed. <laughs> so, yeah, all right. Let's get into this episode. I'm excited. And honestly, guys, this is not the last Simpsons episode I'm going to review. There are a few others here and there, my faves, that I'd like to share. Uh, definitely, uh, let's put a pin in it for Christmas, okay? I'll either do Simpsons on a, over a roasting fire, the pilot episode for Christmas, or there are some other ones. Uh, March Be Not Proud, where Bart steals that video game, is a really good one that I absolutely love. There's a handful of certain ones that my husband and I, that we watch around the holidays. Uh, Mr. Plow, even though it's not Christmas, that's kind of hit into our Christmas rotation. We usually save it for December. Uh, Miracle on 34th Street, The Grift, uh, The Magi is another one, or, or, wasn't it Miracle on Evergreen Terrace Street, or whatever, but it's just, those are the handful of Christmas ones that I watch. Um, the other one, I thought it was like Days of Future Past, where they jump into the, the future, where Bart's like 40 years old, and he's got two boys, Lisa's married to Millhouse, they have a daughter named Zia, <laughs> It's just like, wow, this is cuckoo crazy, but I dig it. I really do dig it. There are like a handful of um, futuristic Simpsons episodes, like the time they go to the casino, and we see Lisa as the president of the United States. And I was just telling my husband, it's like, yeah, there are some things. It's just you look back on it now, and it's like it feels like, the Simpsons predicted some things. I kind of wonder if if it really is coincidence or almost like, I mean, unless the Simpsons writers can see the future, I mean, that's pretty wild if, if that's the case. But, um, 
Yeah, I, part of me thinks, like, maybe it's just kind of coincidence. I mean, just someone really get in a time machine and, like, jump 20 plus 30 years into the future and just see everything and then come back and start writing this stuff into their episodes? Oh, my. I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, hey, if there's a time machine, would you, if you, let's just say, let's just say you found a time machine, you built one, what have you, right? Would you want to let the world know or would you keep it a secret? Because of the power that you have in your hands. Okay, let's say uh, um, if you didn't have the, t- the ability to alter things, which you don't want to, you don't want to fuck with that. But you could go back in time, but you could only go during the time that you've been alive. Like you can't go all the way back to when um, the crucifixion. You can't go back to. When the Titanic sank, or when uh, Hitler was taking over Europe, or whatever. You can't do that. You can only go back to the length of time that you were born. So, like, the day that you came into the world onward. But you couldn't... Of course you can't change... You don't want to change anything. Because you could fuck things... If you've seen Butterfly Effect, you know what the hell I'm talking about. But, um... Okay, let's get into I Love Lisa. I felt bad for Ralph in a way, however. Have you been on the reciprocate or uh, a recipient of a unrequited crush? I, I do feel for Lisa. Like, and she does. You know, she even goes to Mar and says, Mom, look, I I I think he's cool. He's a nice kid, but I'm not into him like that. I don't want... There's even an episode down the world where she's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I used to date him. They don't really date, though. They never do. But honestly, looking back on it now, I'm just like, putting her with Ralph makes as much sense about putting her with, with Milhouse. Milhouse, like, worships the ground she walks on. And... Lisa just likes Nelson because he's a challenge and she can quote-unquote fix him. I mean, as far as the time machine goes, for my answer to that would be, I think I kind of would. I think I kind of... I mean, granted, no, you can't change anything. You'd only be an observer. So, alright, here we go. Here's the episode. We open upon the KBBLH radio station tower... We hear the Monster Mash playing, <laughs> and we got two DJs, Bill and Marty. Marty was the one who ended up playing the Monster Mash song, and Bill is kind of just like, dude, why did you play that song today? There are plenty of romantic songs out there, millions, and you play the Monster Mash. So, <laughs> I love how Marty's trying to defend himself. Yeah, because... Bill says, Marty, why did you play that song today? There must be thousands of love songs. And Mar- <laughs> and Marty's all like, well, well, it's kind of a love song. I mean, you know, all the monsters enjoying each other's company, keeping their evil in check. And then Bill says, you played the wrong record again, didn't you? <laughs> Marty says, why are you doing this to me? And I love how Bart is listening to this. He's up in his room. <laughs> You know those confectionery, chalk-tasting confectionery hearts? 
conversation hearts. He's, I don't know exactly what he is using I, to write on these because, like, you're going to make people ill. Cause, and the thing is, he's got, like, a little magnifying glass to zoom in as he's writing, prize pig, you stink. I'm like, the conversation hearts don't have that much space on them. Part of me wondering, I'm wondering if maybe, because he's got red, I don't think that's a jar of, like, uh, paint, but part of me thinks, like, I mean, if he's using paint on those things, even if it's the kind that you'd use for, like, model airplanes, model cars, what have you, it's like, you're going to make, anyone who ingests those, you're going to make them sick. Unless it's, like, red food coloring, but I doubt that. Oh, no, Bart's got, like, one of those jeweler... Um, eye things, like, stuck to his eye. That, that way he can zoom in. But he's also got, like, a table lamp that's clamped to one of those with the adjustable arm. So that way, uh... <laughs> oh my goodness. He's putting in so much time and detail. And, and, again, it's on the day of Valentine's Day. It's not like he was staying up late to do this the night before. It's like right before the school bus. So now we leave Bart's bedroom and now we're going to go to the retirement home where Grandma Simpson sees that it's not Christmas anymore. So on the cork board, we're going to put up... They don't even take the Santa down. They just put a baby Cupid over the top of it and staple it out. Like, eh, they don't, they don't pay me enough to take the Santa down. Forget it. The, the staples are wedged in a little cork. I'm not going to bother with it. Gosh, so that would mean then after Cupid, you put a leprechaun on there, a shamrock. And then after that, you're going to put a, an Easter bunny. The thing is going to be so thick that by the time, like, Halloween rolls around in umpteen months, you're like, oh, I just put a because they're, they're not going to bother with taking this stuff down. Why? So, looks like, um, what is his name? I can't remember. It's the guy with the white beard. Um, Jasper, I think, right? Sorry, I mean, the side characters, I know a good chunk of them, but... But anyway, Jasper gets a card from his granddaughter... And this is right after Grandpa Simpson says, oh, Valentine's Day is just another cooked-up holiday by Hallmark to sell cards. And when Jasper pulls out the Valentine from his granddaughter, Grandpa Simpson is so desperate to have any human connection on this day that he asks to keep the envelope. Why? So you can pretend that Lisa sent you a Valentine's Day? Well, that would be my guess. I mean, I'm surprised he doesn't, like, say, hey, call up and talk to Lisa and say, hey, um, Jasper's granddaughter sent him a Valentine's Day card. I noticed you, uh, didn't send me one. <laughs> like, he would guilt her like that. Well, probably he would. <laughs> so now we go over to Moe's, where Barney is taken, and he's got at his usual spot. He said, no, Valentine. <laughs> However, when Mo opens it, it says, from your secret admirer, and it's a Valentine. And Barney, odds are he must have sent him. He's like, oh, you. And then he, 
he does a little finger wave and then he like blows a kiss at him. And Moa's just like, oh my gosh, are you fucking kidding me? Okay. <laughs> now, of course, we go back to the Simpsons' home. We're in the kitchen. I notice it looks like the bowls that Lisa and Bart are eating out of are yellow with a black zigzag stripe, and that immediately makes me think of Charlie Brown. And Marge has made an adorable I I love you out of bacon and eggs. That is so sweet, the fact that she, she did that for him. He says, oh, and this is for my huggy bug. Aww. And the thing is, she says, in honor of my spet, in honor of this special day. She does not say Valentine's Day, so of course Homer's going to be confused. And even the special day, <laughs> bacon day? I'm thinking, no, oh, that's not a real holiday. I, I, I want to look, I swear there's got to be a national bacon day. There's a national whatever day for practically anything and everything now. So I'm getting conflicting things. There's national bacon day. There's international bacon day. There's bacon, natural bacon lovers day. There's like three different types of holidays and they're giving inconsequential, like just different times of the year. And I'm like, so are there three different bacon days? There's a national and international and a bacon lover's day? I can't tell. The internet's confusing me right now. Like, pick one day and just label it the bacon holiday. I'm guessing this is something that must have just been cooked up in the last 20 years, like before this episode aired in 93. Yeah, in 93, we didn't have national underpants day or national wear your socks inside out day or or I don't know it's, it's all these holidays it's just like it's national blah blah you know fart in public day or something I'm like literally you look something up there's a day for it it feels like I'm like come on really when did this <laughs> if it hasn't been around for 20 years or more I'm not gonna call it a real holiday I'm going to call it something that was cooked up by somebody because they want an excuse to just eat bacon all day. Like, it is National Bacon Lover's Day. I'm going to just sit here and eat bacon from the time I wake up to the time I go to bed. And if I'm still alive the next day, then great. So, yeah, he notices Marge's uh, expression. is just like, oh, she's getting impatient. What, what day is it? Happy uh, And it turns out, yes, yes, you did get it right. Basically, takes a shot in the dark, like, oh, let's, uh, let's see. It's not St. Patty's Day, because there's no shamrock shake yet. <laughs> you know that Bart is just saying this to get Homer in trouble? Like, oh, Dad, I bet you have a lot of things planned today, don't you? Again, I think he has to go to work, for one thing. <laughs> He's not taking the day off to take his wife out. And, and what the, it's like, he's really digging a hole for himself here. He says, oh, well, you know, no one makes a big deal out of Valentine's Day anyway. It's like, really? I make sure to make a deal out of it every year. Last year, we went to Medieval Times. That was our Valentine's Day day. 
this year we went and saw Titanic for the 25th anniversary in 3D. I'm going to say right now, the movie did not need to be in 3D because I didn't see it. And I had to wear those glasses over my actual glasses, which I can't stand doing that. I just, like, nothing stood out that was 3D worthy. I didn't see ice chunks hitting me in the face when they hit that iceberg. I didn't see rushing water, like, hitting, like, flashing into my face as, you know, the sh ship is starting to sink. And my husband said it's basically what they did for the, is basically flat on flat because it's just, it just, it wasn't, it, it did nothing is what I'm saying. I mean, it just, it, it, it did nothing for the movie. And I'm just like, some movies, you don't need to put them in 3D. The Marvel movies, I get because they put effects in there specifically for 3D. Titanic came out in 97. There was nothing 3D about that. So, while Homer's saying, oh, nobody makes a big deal out of Valentine's Day, we look out the window, and Ned is serenading Maud wearing a heart costume. It's so adorable. It's just, uh. <laughs> I love how he's got clean lyrics for the song. Yeah, he says, if he, Ned sings, if you think I'm cuddly and you want my company, come on, wifey, let me know. And he does a little wolf howl. And it's and she's holding a pink rose. Yeah, he's wearing like a a heart costume and playing a guitar. And it's just that's sweet. It's sweet that he changed the lyrics for the, that song to make it more Ned Flanders appropriate. <laughs> and it's just it's cute. And you just see over the fence. Marge and Homer just looking out at this. And you know Marge is just like, oh, I wish Homer would do that for me. So to make it even worse, Bart's like, oh, yeah, when did you get Mom for Valentine's Day, Dad? And he's like, oh, uh, I, her gift, I, I left it upstairs. Let me go get it. Runs upstairs, slides down the drain pipe, falls on his ass, and then he looks in the window and takes off. Because he's <laughs> he's going to run to a poos and see exactly what they got. I went in the day before Valentine's Day. Um, I had already gotten Jeremy a gift bag to put his... Um, I got him the complete series of the Nickelodeon Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that came out in... I think it was... I thought it was like 2012 to 2017. I don't know. Anyway... Um, and the thing is, I normally will get myself, like, some books or a movie or something and say, here, you can give this to me, and then, you know, if you want to give me an Amazon gift card or whatever, that's cool. Um, <laughs> and I, oh my gosh, Walmart, I don't have a problem, you know, you go in the morning, there's carts available. I went at, I think it was, like, 4.30 in the afternoon. It was surprisingly overly busy as fuck. There were no fucking carts. I'm like, Walmart, you're paying all these damn people to work here, and no one's running out to get all the fucking carts. If I had known there were no carts when I walked in, I would have walked right back out and gotten a cart. That's my rant. So here I am, 
trying to get, hold on to <laughs> two cans of Campbell's beef gravy because they're the only beef gravy. I only like Campbell's. And um, <laughs> a couple of, you know, 20 ounce pops. And then it was, what else was it? it was something else. Um, oh, yeah, these, um, they're by like, it's like Stafford Road butter chicken. I used to eat the Bombay ones, but um, the Stafford Road, whatever, Stafford Road uh, butter chicken. It's as close to what Curry Kitchen in Muskegon, that's as close as I can get to their butter chicken. It's absolutely phenomenal. If I go to Michigan again, I'll point out and of course I'm going to go there again. Um, definitely I hit up all my favorites. Uh, Curry Kitchen, Checkers for their funnel cake fries, Asian Buffet and Grill, hell fucking yes. All my faves, all my faves. Apparently after we left, Muskegon got a big boy, so I'm like, shit! Of course we, you got that right after we fucking left. But anyway, yeah, so I'm just like, let me put these things I got myself for you to get me in a Target bag. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got, like, um, for him to give me, like, th uh, four different books. One of which is, if you're a fan of horror, which I just kind of started getting into, uh, Grady Hendrix. Uh, how to, or the Southern Book Club's Guide to, um, vampire slaying um he just put out an uh my best friend's exorcism that was another one of his final girl support club so he put out an his newest one how to sell a haunted house and i'm like okay great definitely here we go you can give this to me for valentine's day and i'm gonna read it in march i still have yet i want to do um at least one or two books because i know i'm running out of time since we're in like the second full week of February. Um, I'm running out of time for Black History Month, but I do have a, a book that was released yesterday. That, I, But anyway, anyway, anyway. One thing in particular, and the thing is, it was a gift for me, but he kind of let the cat out of the bag because he was trying to remember, like, the day that we met, which, of course, would have been... I couldn't remember the day of my interview because that's when he had interviewed me at the video store. So I'm like, just put down my work day. With the first day I ever worked at the video store, which was September 23rd, 2002. And then, of course, we put down the day that he engaged, that we became engaged. He proposed December 23rd, 2006. And then our marriage did, you know, 7th, uh, July 14th. 2007 um and it's really cool i'm not sure what site he went on but you you can search like the destination and it's got like a little like a road map thing in hearts and it'll say you and your partner's name and then it's, it's just really really cute so it would have been a surprise but he had to ask me like what day was our first hello because it says said hello and then you know this and that and everything like that it was really so I told him so is this kind of like for me or should this be kind of more for us because it includes you too so yeah <laughs> so yeah I think in a way it was for me but it also was kind of for us as well so overall it was good Valentine's Day we went to Applebee's because 
hadn't been in a bit, and uh, I always check the menu of a restaurant that I'm going to go to if I haven't been or haven't been in a long time. I love to see if they have anything new and kind of pre-plan what I want to get because, and I'm like, hey, we don't really need to get an appetizer, 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 because we're going to the movies after, and you know, we're going to get popcorn and whatnot and stuff like that, so yeah. So yeah, Homer goes to the Quickie Mart, he's like, oh, boo, you gotta help me, I need a Valentine's Day gift for my wife. We see that the Quickie Mart is a convenience store. It's got pretty much, if you're like, hey, I've run out of eggs, they got eggs. Or I need a gallon of milk, they got it. Or I need canned corn for a recipe. Boom, you go to the Quickie Mart. They also have a squishy machine, of course. They have a you know, little arcade, mini arcade deal set up. It's really awesome. So, of course, they're going to have Valentine's Day stuff. Uh, one thing in particular, I went to a different Tom Thumb yesterday, and I started, I first started collecting the, the, the T.Y., like, Beanie Babies, or Beanie Boos, or whatever you want to call them, like the, um, like, the ones that you can clip, the clip-on ones that you can, like, put on your keychain and everything. I started collecting those. But I also, I saw and I could not resist. I think, I, I'm not going to say I found my calling, but, um, yeah, I, I, you know, collecting a, a few of them. I got uh, Emperor Penguin Baby, a couple fuzzy owls and then of course Sheldon the octopus which is pink and then like uh, blue on the bottom uh, a co-worker of mine actually has a miniature version and I'm like I can't find that I have probably checked eBay but um, yeah I just I like to um, clip the miniature ones on uh, my keys for my job just because I think that way I have my keys in a lanyard and people are like oh I like your little turtle your little giraffe your little unicorn your little palm puppy yes I have the palm puppy uh, keychain things too oh. <laughs> Apu unearths from the ether <laughs> this box of chocolates probably you would break your teeth if you tried to eat one no amount of letting it sit in your mouth to soften up would help. Because he has to blow accumulated dust off that has been probably under the counter for, ye for years. For years. You know that shit's going to expire at some point. You know it's going to be hard as a fucking rock. And he's going to gouge Homer. He's going to be like, hey, this guy's in a desperate situation. I'm going to gouge him. Like the toilet paper crisis of 2020 and yeah he's like oh perhaps this might help and homer's like yes you saved my life how much and Pooh says oh 100 dollars and homer is like what that's what that's highway robbery hell i i'm not gonna pay that and Pooh's like oh i think you will homer goes to walk away and then he comes back and says oh i'll take it but i'm never shopping here again we get Apu's internal monologue worried about Homer, like, going over to the other convenience store, like, across the street. It's like, if he finds out that there's a convenience store open across the street, all hope is lost. Because, you know, Homer is, like, a regular. He's in there, like, at least once or more a day. 
Once on the way to work, once on the way home from work. Because <laughs> it's probably just by the house. You can walk there. And, yeah, he's like, okay, nickel off on expired. But he's always selling expired shit. I believe he gets fired for that, Apu does, in season five. And then they hire James Woods to take his place at the cookie bar. That's a funny episode. Oh, my gosh. Is it a hilarious episode? Yeah, Homer finally does give in. It's like, fuck, I guess. I mean, it is Valentine's Day. Most of their shit is going to be... I mean, like I said, I went into Walmart, and it's like the Valentine's Day aisle, the shelves look like torn to shit like there's just nothing and if there's like five people but they it felt like 500,000 to me that's just how I am when I go into a store and it's busy as hell I just gah. that's why I go early in the morning when there's next to nobody there so I don't have to deal and it's weird I know coming from someone who works in retail and customer service but it's like I deal with people all the time I just want to not have to deal with them when I'm not working it's too people-y is what I'm getting at okay so now it's the morning or it could be mid-afternoon we're in Lisa's class Janie asks Miss Hoover can we please exchange our valentines now Turns out, Miss Hoover has a, <laughs> she's like, not just yet. We are going to construct paper mailboxes, which I, 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 I swear I did something like this in elementary school. I can't remember, like, whether I did this in fourth and fifth grade, I'm not sure, but I know that was, fifth, if we did it in fifth grade, it would have been the last year, but I just remember because they also went to um, Sunday school on, on Sundays from, I think it was like September or October until April, every, um, and I, I don't know why I thought this, but I assumed because it still felt like school in a way that because it was going on Valentine's Day, we'd exchange Valentine's there. So imagine my disappointment when I look at my desk and I don't see anything like, oh, maybe they looked at me here. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> but I do remember second grade when I was exchanging Valentine's. I had gotten the Who Framed Roger Rabbit ones and there's one in particular that I saved for the boy that I liked it was Jessica Rabbit and Roger Rabbit together I'm like okay that one I'm setting this up for the boy that I like and um yeah it's funny because I was I was living with my aunt and uncle at the time and they were about they were expecting their fifth child in in May and I had Kevin, the little baby Herman Valentine <laughs> for the unborn baby. I just thought that was cute. I cannot remember what other Valentines I would have had other than the only ones that come to mind are the Who Framed Roger Rabbit ones, which I did try to watch Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I used to like it as a kid. I never owned it, but um, trying to watch it as an adult, I'm like, it just doesn't hit anymore. It's just like it kind of like lose interest I don't I don't know why that is because it is 
uh, a great movie. I remember my neighbors had a gathering and someone was playing the movie. And I remember, I recall my sister telling someone like, oh, she loves this movie so much. She watches it all the time, which is interesting since we didn't own a copy of it. Someone in second grade actually brought the movie in to class. Cause again, in elementary school, seems like we watched a lot of movies. <laughs> Film strips, people bringing movies in, that kind of thing. I love how Lisa points out, like, isn't this pointless busy work that teachers give students? And Miss Hoover's like, yeah, you got it. Get cracking. Start making them. The sooner you get done, the sooner we can exchange Valentines. So that's the first time in this episode we hear from Ralph. He raises his hand, and Miss Hoover's just exasperated. Yes, Ralph. Oh, he says, my parents won't let me use scissors. And the kids all laugh at him, of course. <laughs> what a baby, he can't use scissors. And Miss Hoover, I mean, it is kind of cruel how she works. She's like, the children are right to laugh at you, Ralph. These things couldn't get butter, couldn't cut butter. And she's take, opening the, they're basically kids' scissors with like the safety guards on them. And she's demonstrating these things can't cut butter as she's putting it against her arm. Like, see, it, it won't even cut me. You're fine. So now she's instructing them to use a red crayon. Again, Ralph raises his hand. Miss Hoover, I don't have a red crayon. Why not, Ralph? I ate my red crayon. Oh, gosh. I did not know any crayon. I knew a glue eater in second grade. Which I feel, she, she was a friend of mine, and it just, there's always one, right? There is always at least one person in a class that is going to be the glue eater. I don't know how schools are today and kids are today with that, but I think, back in my day anyway, <laughs> in like the late, late 80s, early 90s, yeah, there's always at least one. Right, Quinn? He says, I ate it. He smiles, and we just see bitlets of red, waxy crayon just covering his teeth. How, how long he'd been gnawing at that thing, I don't know. I mean, I don't think that crayons are toxic, right? They're made of wax. I mean, we have a Crayola experience here in the town that I live in in Texas and I've never actually done the Crayola experience part. I've only shopped the gift shop as far as I have so many of those crayon plushes. I even have a giant blue crayon and I just, I th eventually maybe one day I will go down like, I want to do the Crayola experience because I know a lot of it, it is, you know, for kids and stuff like that. But uh, I spent so much money <laughs> over the last year or so at that gift shop. Yeah, I don't think, I mean, that's not going to hurt him. Okay, well, now we're going to get to those candy hearts that Bart was, uh, Making his own with the uh, Love Sucks S-U-X Prize Pig. Love, stuff like that. Of course, we get Principal Skinner on the intercom. 
And he already knows it's Bart. It's like someone's been passing around fake candy hearts or conversation hearts. One person, possibly Bart Simpson, like he already knows. Yeah, he says someone, possibly Bart Simpson, has been uh, handing off candy hearts featuring crude off-color sentiments. There's prize pig, kiss off, eat my shorts, you stink. Oh my gosh. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if there are confection hearts that have other words on them. Like, I bet you could go to a Spencer's and find candy hearts for single people or people that just want to, like, candy hearts to say fuck off or kiss my ass or something to that effect. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so... Skinner goes into one of his, uh, I don't want to call it a Vietnam flashback because he, it says Da Nang 1969 and it's Valentine's Day. He's on a small barge with somebody, small ship, supply ship, I don't know. And he's like, oh, are you sending your girlfriend a Valentine? Sergeant Skinner asks one of the guys like, oh yeah. And then right away, boom, they're hit with gunfire, just pelleting bullets. And the guy was going to send his girlfriend a valentine for back home. Boom. Shots fired right through that paper heart he was working on, and it basically kills him. His name is Johnny. It's like, yeah, Skinner just has a PTSD moment. And he's like, Johnny, Johnny, Johnny! And it's just... And then Bart is just laughing. Oh my gosh, I broke his brain. I was like, oh man, I feel bad for Skinner. Just as PTSD reliving these moments from Vietnam. And it's just like this poor man. Just the stuff he saw and, and what he went through. And it's just these little triggering moments that he has as principal of an elementary school that set it off. It just breaks my heart. You see the kids all... Heads turned towards the intercom speaker because he's saying this in, into the mic. And these kids are all, like, scared, worried. Like, what's going on with their principal? Why is he screaming? Okay, now we go back to Miss Hoover's class. And we are ready to rock with exchanging the Valentines, the paper... Mailboxes have been made. They've been affixed to the front of the desk. It's just such a, you know, like I said, I don't know how kids do Valentine's nowadays. Odds are you have to have a Valentine for everyone. You cannot exclude somebody because that is just wrong. As we see here with Ralph, he doesn't have any. Not a single one. Not even a pity card, which until Lisa... I think he's using rubber cement because he's like, Miss Hoover, I glued my head to my shoulder. <laughs> oh my goodness, this child. I feel bad for Ralph. Really needs to be supervised by somebody. Like, they need to have a teacher's aide to kind of help him out. Miss Hoover is literally at her wit's end as she glares at him, like, oh, this kid. Why do you gotta be so problematic? You know, I just. I, I feel for Ralph, he just... Well, there's an episode later on where we see Bart hanging out with Ralph. 
And how Chief Wiggum says, oh, yeah, all the special schools are all over him. It's almost like how a father says, oh, yeah, he's got college recruiter, recruiters watching him play. Like, they're all lined up to get hit to, to sign him on to a scholarship for college. It's just the way that uh, Chief Wiggum said that about Ralph. And I'm not saying that he necessarily has to be going to one of those schools. I just think that he would benefit more from one-on-one -on -one with a paraprofessional or a teacher's aide so that way the teacher could be, you know, she doesn't get all stressed out and start yelling at this poor kid. And that way she can also focus on the other, you know, I don't know. I'm not a teacher, never been, but I just feel like there are some kids that maybe need a little bit more attention than the teacher, the main teacher is able to give. And this is honestly what's sad. You see all the kids running around putting uh, Valentines into these, these Valentines are huge. I mean, I just remember like the ones that would come in a like a box of like 24 or 18 or depending on but he, he he brought them for everyone and not a damn one of them could muster up the sense to give him one i mean when did we live in a world of exclusion where we would just like oh I don't like him so I'm not giving him one even Stephanie Tanner in full house gave a valentine to Wendell Berman who would later become Walter Berman a kid who always had his finger in his nose or what have you and he was making kissy faces at Steph she still gave him a valentine I take it that they just like, oh, we like this name, but let's change this character and then introduce him in season three. I mean, you see all of these paper mailboxes just stuffed, brimming with envelopes. And he's got nothing. He ain't got a damn one. And then you see the kids all return their seats and they take their paper mailboxes and they're like emptying it out on their desk. And you see Ralph... He pulls his up, looks inside, and he still turns it upside down, thinking, oh, maybe there, it's one lodged at the bottom. And you just see the tears welling up in his eyes, and it's just, my heart breaks for this kid. It really, really does. There's nothing wrong with this boy. There's no reason. And the teacher, honestly, when she's like, oh, the kids are right to laugh at you, Ralph, it's like, you're adding that hostility you're basically fueling what these kids feel about this kid by you also giving your own opinion of like, oh, the kids are right to laugh at you because you're not smart or something to that effect. Lisa immediately looks over her shoulder, sees Ralph crying, and she's like, oh, poor Ralph. She takes one of hers, which luckily is written in pencil, erases the names and puts Ralph's name there, and it's like, oh, here you go, Ralph. Immediately, immediately stops crying. But she's the only character that I've seen with the empathy. It's like the split second. She sees it. She knows exactly what she needs to do. Yes, is it a pity card? Absolutely, it is. But still, she gave him, she didn't want him to have nothing. Yeah, 
she doesn't even she doesn't put it back in the envelope because the envelope probably has her name on it. And she's like, oh, here you go, Ralph. Plops it in there. He immediately, he takes it out, looks at it. It says, choo, choo, choose me. He's like, you choo, choo, choose me? It's, it's like, he, he's just like overcome with joy. Like, you choo, choo, choose me? You, you want to be my friend? It's like, he is just so, the, the fact that anyone would give him any positive attention is just amazing. And she says, oh, happy Valentine's. And she walks away. I thought she was like two seats over from him. She's walking to like the front of the class. Like she's like three or four seats. Basically, he's at the back. She's at the front. Why would you put Ralph in the back? I honestly feel like he would do so much better at the front of the class. So that way, again, you need, if he needs that extra attention, he'll have it. And that way if she sees like, oh, buddy, here, let me show you how to do that. Let me, oh, with the, the, the scissors and all that stuff. It's like, lady, I get it. The kids are doing their work. You don't have to really observe them, but he needs the extra help. You could give him that. This does kind of kick off Ralph's, I don't want to necessarily <laughs> go forward and say it's an obsession with Lisa. I, oh, it almost feels like, you know how a, a baby duck will imprint on, like, the first person thing animal it sees, and it's like, oh, you're my mother. I'm not saying that Ralph is like, oh, you're my mother. No, it's more of a, he's imprinting on this person because she was the first person that has, I feel, has ever been kind to this boy. And it just. Again, it's just, we don't get this version of Ralph hardly at all. Um, I'd say the last one probably would be with Ralph and Bart in that episode. Uh, I think it's like season seven eight, or eight where Marge has Ralph and Bart hang out together. I think that is the last episode we see Ralph really humanized there otherwise it's like he's got the one percent brain cell just being overly not smart and i don't understand even in the futuristic episode going forward with that that christmas of futures past or what have you they're making him fucking stupid beyond belief and i'm like why are you doing that to this character he, they had the writer. They had so much potential with Ralph. I mean, they got a shit ton of characters, but it's like I don't understand. I mean, the term did him dirty a hundred fucking percent with Ralph going forward. listen to this clip I just played when she says here you go Ralph and Ralph audibly gasps that sounds like Bart's gasp it really did like for a split set yeah it a hundred percent does granted yes 
uh, both Ralph and Bart are voiced by Nancy Cartwright, but it's like the little touches of, and also Maggie, I believe, um, the little things that you can just kind of tell the Bart character and some of the, it just, it comes out sometimes like, yep, yep, I hear Bart, I hear Bart and Maggie's cry, I hear Bart and Ralph's sigh as he pulls out that card. It says, I choo-choo-choose you. Happy Valentine's Day. And it's so, it's just so cute. I, re I remember, um, now that I look back on it, I think my sister had, um, you know, OG Care Bear Valentine's. Uh, Looney Tunes was another one that I remember. Uh, finding as a, as a child, so those could have very well been my sister's. Part of me even wonders if I had, like, um, maybe popples. I never got to have a popple growing up. I am so tempted to spend over $200 to get a brand new vintage popple from eBay. I am very, very tempted. A lot of the other ones are just, they look like shit. But this one, it's in the box. It looks great. I just, I don't know. A 200 is a lot to spend on a popple. But they also have Teddy Ruxpins, which I had one as a child. And I'm really like, I don't know. I mean, our apartment in it is only so big. And it just feels like half the time I'll let things collect. And then I have to take them to the storage unit. Because the longer we stay here, the more stuff I accumulate. It's like the storage unit is not going to hold much stuff and neither is this apartment so I need to cut down. I'm not saying, I don't think I've ever spent over $200 on an item on eBay. But they do have the Tiger Electronic games. I had um, Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast was the first one, then Aladdin, then Lion King. I don't think I beat any of them. <laughs> One thing that surprises me about this and through some of the other episodes, I am surprised that Rod and Todd even go to Springfield Elementary with how religious Ned is. I would think he would have them enrolled in some type of private Christian school or a Christian school just because, you know, his beliefs and everything like that. I don't, I don't know. It just, it just seems like he wouldn't necessarily want them in private school. Um... We do see as the kids line up with their trays and their milk, there is a chalkboard signage that says special menu today. And Bart is so excited. Like, all right, special holiday meal. This honestly would have been so cute if they said like, hey, guess what? Special holiday meal, you're getting strawberry shortcake for dessert. And on our strawberry represents, you know, I don't know, because it's red. I don't know, or a, a Valentine's Day cookie or something. I don't know what main entree. Uh, chicken nuggets in the shape of hearts. Boom. There you go. There's your, there's your special menu. Heart-shaped chicken nuggets. I actually was talking at my work the other day about, like, different things we can do for the holidays as far as, um, like, oh, we can make a heart-shaped pizza, but I think there's a, like, uh, little, some other Papa John's, Little Caesars, I don't know who, probably already does it, and it's like, no, if you were to do that, you get in trouble. I'm like, well, what, what about, like, a shamrock-shaped pizza for 
St. Patty's Day or like an Easter egg shaped pizza for you can shape the dough into like anything if you want to be fancy schmancy with it or like hey look I'm making a, a bunny face with ears and make that into a pizza I just think that would be fun the special holiday meal that we see is a giant truck filled with actual hearts belonging to uh, some sort of animal because <laughs> I mean literally when I say truckload it's like a truck like a delivery truck with the wooden slatted sides and it says uh U.S. supply on it I'm like you're feeding that to children they're not like cutting it up and like putting it into like a stew of some sort it's flat out because we see Bart with it. He's got it under his shirt. Because the thing is, when the guy backs up the truck, all the hearts on the back of the truck just, they're all on the on the scullery floor. They're on the, the floor of the uh, cafeteria um, kitchen. And he's like, well, because he's like, yeah, hey, where do you want this? And she's like, oh, just put him on the floor. He's like, yeah, well, it doesn't look clean. He's like, just do your job, heart boy. I'm like, bitch, you are going to kill these children. But then we see Bart, like, at the lunch table, like, oh, no, oh, my God, my baboon heart, buddy, rejecting it. And then he just lets the heart just spill out of his shirt onto the lunch table. That would make anyone want to vomit. I'd be like, Usually you have two options with lunch. You can have chicken nuggets or you can have whatever the hell else is option number two is. But I think in elementary school, I think it was just you got the one option and that was it. I thought middle school or high school you got. You can have this or you can have that, either or. Thank goodness, it's the end of the day. It felt like it went on forever. So Lisa's walking out of school and, of course, Ralph comes up to her like, Hey, can I walk you home? Valentine? He really puts emphasis on Valentine. <laughs> she's like, uh, yeah, I, I guess. It's like, she's like, great, I gave him a card, and now he thinks he's going to be my true love forever because I gave him a Valentine. And he really, he runs that into the ground, that saying of the I choo-choo-choos you. It's like, Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, she was trying to do something nice. Yes, it was out of pity. And now just this unwanted infatuation that he has with her. And it's like, she doesn't want to be mean. She doesn't, you know, I look, I'm not into him like that. Come on. So at this point, no, Lisa has never been the recipient of unwanted adoration by anyone in that school. I mean... Millhouse, yeah, I get it. But that seems to come on, like, in the later seasons and when later I'm referring to, like, uh, season six or seven. There's even a futuristic episode where Lisa almost marries Hugh and she's got a white wedding dress and she's telling Marge to kind of feel kind of weird about wearing a white wedding dress, like, you know, Millhouse. You know, because apparently she gave up her virginity to him. And, of course, Marge says, you know, Milhouse, he does not count. We're not going to count that. You're, you're wearing a white wedding dress. <laughs> Damn, Marge! Uh, even the parents hate on 
fucking mill house. It was waiting for her right outside the steps as she's walking out of the entranceway. It's like, can I walk you home, home, Valentine? And she just looks at him like, what are, why are you walking alongside me? When <laughs> he asks if he can walk her home, she's like, yeah, sure, I guess. And she rolls her eyes like, she's so big. Uh, try to be nice and now, and then he he's now going on about that Valentine. He's like that Valentine sure was funny. <laughs> Says I choo choo choose you, and there's a picture of a train. It's like you can only. <laughs> it's like he's grasping at a conversation. It's like hey, the one thing that's connected us since you gave me that Valentine, and he's like yeah, there's it's a. It says I choo 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 choo, and there's a picture of a train, and she's like, <laughs> yeah, nice gag. He's like, you just look at her expression, and her, she's just like, oh, why did I give him that? She's regretting it now, and she really, really, she'll regret it even more <laughs> later, but it's just like, she does, she's not into him like that, and she's just, the attention is just, I, <laughs> She's doing her best to be, you know, nice and just like, just walk me home. I'll get home. Yeah, so she's like, oh, well, this is my house. Bye. And she runs, apparently, like, sprints through the door. Once they actually get to near her house, he's like, oh, my doctor said I wouldn't have as many nosebleeds if I kept my finger out of there. It's like, Shit, we're, oh, God, Ralph, anything. Talk about your imaginary friend or the leprechaun who tells you to burn shit. Just, fuck, that's what you're coming up for with conversation? Your dad's a cop, dude. You don't have any cop stories that you could share with me that aren't gory? I would rather talk about the weather or someone's dog that they have, like, in childhood. Or what they want for Christmas, got for their birthday, any of that shit. Over someone talking about how I went to the doctor because I got too many nosebleeds from picking my nose. The fuck? I get it. He, uh, Ralph is just, he's a sweet kid, but it's like, and he's not around a lot of, he is around kids, but he hasn't developed the proper, what's appropriate for conversation, what necessarily is not. It's like he's, He's pulling whatever out of the ether that he can talk to her about. Because he even like, so, uh, do you like, um, stuff? <laughs> it just, it sounds very like, we don't know each other, and I'm just really interested in you. I like you. And you just have, like, grappled. At, I mean, this is before the whole nose-picking, nose-bleeding, what have you. But it's just grasping at straws coming up with anything to talk about. That's the thing. I, I can't stand dead silence. I cannot stand, well, awkward silence, really. You know when you're talking to someone uh, and then there's just that dead air and you're just, I don't know. what I, I felt that at times, like, you're coming up with whatever to, like, keep the conversation going. Because apparently the person on the other end isn't really doing that. It's fairly, well, I guess I don't want to talk to me anymore. Uh, well, you know what? I'm going to let you go. Okay. Bye. Or they'll make the excuse.
to like, oh, you know what? I'm going to have to let you go because i got to get ready for bed or something to that effect. Like, well, they're bored, obviously. Yeah, when he asks, so, do you uh, like stuff? <laughs> she just, like, looks at him just with pity. Just, oh, man, you are trying too hard, man. Just, she doesn't even answer him. It's just, he, she looks like she's walking to her death. I'm sorry to be grim like that, but it's just like she would rather be anywhere else. Any place that she would hate, she would rather be than walking with Ralph. And, of course, they get to her house. Have you, have you ever, even growing up, just like the Simpsons house is fucking gorgeous. I mean, it's got four bedrooms. And you get, you get like a little rumpus room that I think the, yeah, because we've seen a little area that has a little TV. We've seen that air, that side of the room like a couple times. I mean, aside from your main living room, you got this little rumpus room <laughs> that's got a little T, a smaller TV on like a, a box or something or, or a wooden crate that the window overlooks like the backyard with a treehouse or something like that. So yeah, she is happy like to finally be in front of her house like, oh, well, this is me, I gotta go, bye! <laughs> yeah, as soon as like, oh, the doctor said I wouldn't have any, as many notes, please, if I kept my finger out of here, <laughs> out of my notes. And she's like, well, this is my house. She doesn't even fucking say bye. She hightails into her front door and slams the damn door. I swear she doesn't lock the door after she gets inside of it. Can I walk you home, Valentine? Sure, I guess. That Valentine sure was funny. <laughs> Glad you liked it. <laughs> it says, choo, choo, choose me. And there's a picture of a train. So, of course, since it's a holiday, we get an Itchy and Scratchy cartoon. Itchy gave Scratchy a valentine. And since uh, Scratchy doesn't have, get, have anything to give Itchy, Itchy, like, reaches into Scratchy's chest, pulls out his heart, and... <laughs> um, oh, no, Scratchy gives Itchy a valentine. Itchy... Reaches into Scratchy's heart, pulls out his chest, and gives it to him. Scratchy goes home, puts his heart on a um a sh little shelf on the wall. Reads a newspaper that says, "You need a heart to live." Of course, he realizes that, and then he dies. And then that's pretty much the episode. So Krusty comes on, dressed in a tux. He's like, "Hey kids, don't forget to watch my 29th anniversary show." And he said it's basically a clip show that's going to have clips that you wouldn't see on the air, like Sideshow Mel whacked out um, while we saw. It's basically he's drunk. It's almost like, it looks like a Johnny Carson setup with the desk and everything, and then Sideshow Mel is like sitting, leaning a little to the far to the right, drunk of course, saying, 
everyone's always kissing your ass. Well, I'm going to tell you what I think about you, and you just hear all these bleeps. Like, you're a bleep, 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 So Bart is just, of course, you know he is, like, the biggest crusty the Clown fan. He says, oh, I'd do anything to go to that show. And Homer says, I'd sell my firstborn son. And Bart is offended, like, what? <laughs> hey! And Homer says, you'll do as you're told. So Homer goes into the kitchen for a beer. And we see Lisa and Marge at the table. Lisa's saying, look, I, I only gave him a valentine because I felt sorry for him. How do I let him know I'm not interested? And, of course, Homer's like, oh, Marge, I got this. <laughs> Sweet pity, where would my marriage be? I love life be without it. He gives these suggestions. Yeah, and as soon as Marge goes to talk, he's like, honey, honey, look, I got this, all right? I've heard them all, seriously. I like you as a friend. I think we should see other people. I don't want to kill you, but I will. I'm married to the sea. And, of course, if none of those work, Six simple words. I am not gay, but I'll learn. One of them was, I no speak English. Or, I'm married to the sea. I don't want to kill you, but I will. And Marge luckily cuts him off. Like, look, huh, Lise, come on. Just tell this boy, look, hey, I'm flattered for the attention. However, I'm just, I'm not ready for that sort of thing. I mean... Maybe as far as saying I'm not ready for that sort of thing, just saying, you know, telling him he's a, he's a nice boy and you're flattered and everything, but it's just, we see how that backfired for Stephanie Chan Tanner in Nerve for a Day. When she says, oh, I think you're a very no nice boy to uh, Walter over the phone. He thinks she's in love with him. He's definitely in love with her. Because he comes over the next day with flowers. Like, oh, you really think I, I'm a nice boy? Like, that was the key. That was what they, like, grasped onto with both hands and ran with it. Like, clearly she must love me because she thinks I'm a nice boy. Like, somebody could say, like, oh, you're a nice person. I, I, I like you. But it's like, and then you get people that, well, literally, they're this that desperate that they will take that the wrong way and it's just you don't do that that's where the hurt and confusion is because then you got to let them down nicely like hey i don't feel that way about you and then you come off looking like an asshole because like oh you're so mean to me why don't you like me i just want to oh my gosh well, the next day, Lisa does tell him, like, look, Ralph, I think you're nice and everything, but I just, I'm not ready for this sort of thing. And she even asks him, like, do you understand? And he says, uh, I guess so. And I'm thinking, first of all, I would have been like, she's like, oh, good. And then she walks away. It's like, I, for Ralph, I really would have tried to, you don't need to scream in his face, like, I hate you, I hate you, I don't like you, I'll never like you, that kind of thing. Just, you know, make sure he does understand in the way Ralph would understand. Just, like, I think, you know, you're cool and all, but I don't have... You say, I don't have feelings for you in the way that you seem to have developed feelings for me. Just say, 
all you gotta say, I like you as a friend. I like you as a friend and clear platonic friend that, you know, you don't have to, you know, be mean about it. Just say, hey, we're, we're good friends. That's all. It's, it's not going to be anything more than that in a way that he can understand. I mean, she's only taking the advice that Marge gave her. She's eight. I mean... So now we go to Ralph's house, and Chief Wiggum is there. He is trying to open walnuts, and apparently slamming them against the kitchen table is not doesn't do the job. So he takes his gun out and proceeds to shoot. I'm like, your child, that's like two feet away from you across the table. What? That's just the thing. It's just I don't know whether it's. A gene-related thing, whether, you know, Chief Wiggum, how he got to be the chief of police, I'll never understand because it's just, I think it's in the genes because Ralph is the way because of how Chief Wiggum is. We don't know jack shit about his wife. I don't know anything about, you know, if you even, she just seems like a character that never gets developed. You hardly ever fucking see her. Um, But Ralph says, Dad, how do you get a girl to like you? So clearly... When Lisa said, I'm not ready for this kind of thing, it almost feels like Ralph took this as, okay, she's not ready yet, but maybe there's a way that I can make her, you know, like me like that. And again, Chief Wiggum is no help. It's like, oh, a woman can't resist a man in uniform. That's how I got your mom. Because <laughs> he's wearing his uh, policeman outfit. Well, yeah, he says whether you want to win a girl or crack a nut, the key is persistence. You gotta keep, if you want to be with her, just keep, you know, hanging around her and all that stuff, basically. <laughs> basically, whittle her down until she can't take no for an answer. Or she gives in, or <laughs> something to that effect. Yeah, he says, keep at it and never lose your cool. It's like basically wear her down until she just gives in. And Chief Wiggum is using the butt end of his gun, or the heel end, or whatever you want to call it, to crack open these walnuts. I mean, he's got his hand, like, on the, like, barrel of the gun as he's banging. Like, dude, there are so many more... A nutcracker thing to open nuts. That's why those things were invented. You using a gun that is most likely loaded because he demonstrates that when he gets frustrated and just shoots the walnut open. I'm just like, you clearly succeeded opening them because you see two different piles there of shell and then the uh, nutty goodness inside the walnut or the walnut inside the shell. So again, we see on the TV, Krusty is advertising his 29th anniversary show special. And we see another clip. It looks like a Jane Goodall character because she's dressed in khaki shorts and like a green buttoned up top with the sleeves rolled up. And we see a monkey, a quote unquote urine monkey, clutching... The, to the top of Krusty's head. He's like, oh, why do you call this a urine? Oh, good. This thing is just pissing on his head. It's just, you see the, his, he's like, oh, I think I just found out why it's called a urine monkey because clearly it's pissing on his head. It's going down the back of his head, down his neck, probably underneath the collar, down 
the back of the shirt. Ugh. But hey, he, he does his best to keep his composure while on camera. That's that's good. <laughs> I love how Bart, because Bart and Lisa are watching. Bart says, that is funny for so many reasons. We gotta get tickets to that show. And Lisa says, Bart, it's pretty much impossible. In order to get tickets, our parents would have to be part of Springfield's cultural elite. Basically, the chief of police would get tickets. Well, no, he actually got tickets because he, he walked into a porno theater and caught Krusty there. Basically saying, hey, if you want me to keep your secret, uh, give me tickets to your show. Krusty's like, oh, is this a bust? It's like, yeah, yeah, that's it. It's a bust. Homer, there's a reason why people put shit in their garbage. There's a reason why people put shit at the end of their driveway. It's not for you to get a new toothbrush. Oh, can't believe Flanders threw out this toothbrush. And he starts brushing it with dry bristles. Would you can hear the sound effect? The and he's like, ugh. Because he's like, Flanders threw out a perfectly good toothbrush. It's probably because he's probably cleaning the inside rim of the toilet with the fucking toothbrush. Ew. Homer. Oh my gosh. I get Homer is... A man of many uh, emotions, but uh, common sense ain't one of them <laughs> half the time. So, with that big picture window in the living room, we see Ralph at the door. Because he rings the bell. Lisa's like, oh my gosh, it's Ralph. I don't want to talk to him. Please make an excuse. Tell him I'm not here. So, Homer goes, answers the door. He's like, she's in the can. Go away. And he's like, yes, sir. I love Lisa. I would do anything for her. And Homer's like, oh, really? Hmm. So we see Ralph up on the roof of the house. I guess he's retarring the shingles or some shit. Because, like, Mr. Simpson, these tar fumes are making me dizzy. And Homer, who's chilling in a hammock below, is like, yeah. Yeah, they'll do that. I'm like, if you're going to do that shit, I think you want to have some type of mask covering your nose and mouth to not inhale the fumes. Like, if they're making your dish, it's like there's a reason for it. Oh, no, it's Ralph. Just make up some excuse. He's in a can. Go away. Yes, sir. I'd do anything for Lisa. Really? Mr. Simpson! So, we're back at school. We have the President's Day auditions for the President's Day play. And we got this boy named Rex. We'll never see him again. He's like a prima donna pretty boy actor. Because he's doing the audition for George Washington. The class applause. He sits down. He just has got his hair is coiffed just so. And... Mrs. Ho Miss Hoover is giving out the parts. And when she goes about Martha Washington, George Washington's wife, of course, Lisa Simpson, I'm like, all right, now the part of George Washington is going to go to. We cut over to Rex, who is, like, running a hand through the back of his hair, like, obvious choice. And Miss Hoover chooses Ralph Wiggum. Rex throws a bitch fit. He's like, 
So I've gotten you to you gotten you, you deceitful cow. You know, everyone knows I'm the most the best actor in this ridiculous school. And of course when he calls her a cow a deceitful cow, she's like, that's absurd, Rex. Ralph won the part fair and square. She goes over to the blinds by the window and does the whole open shut, open shut. We see from the outside of <laughs> that Chief Wiggum had his uh, cohorts there. Uh, what the hell are their names? Uh, Lou and whatever the fuck the other dude's name is. Uh, put a boot on her car so she can't move it as a threat to say, basically, you're going to give my son the role, in the, the lead role in this play. So I was like, all right, that's a signal. Take the boot off the car, boys. And they laugh. It's like, fuck. What a criminal. I've selected the cast for our President's Day pageant. Martha Washington will be played by Lisa Simpson. <laughs> George Washington will be played by Ralph Wiggum. Oh. What? This is a travesty. Everyone knows I'm the best actor in this ridiculous school. Sit down, Rex. I will not sit down. Someone's gotten to you, you deceitful cow. That's absurd, Rex. Ralph won the part fair and square. That's the signal. Take the boot off the car, boys. <laughs> <laughs> so now we go back home. Lisa, of course, is telling Bart about the fact that, look, now Ralph is in the play with me. I know he's going to embarrass me in front of the whole school. And there's a knock at the door. And she sees that it's a package from Ralph, which holds like a Malibu Stacy convertible and a note that says, look in the trunk. Well, trunk, obviously. Um, and they're tickets to Krusty's anniversary show. Of course, Bart's irritated because like, hey, I should be going to this because I am 10 times a Krusty fan you are. I even have the Krusty home pregnancy test. I even... <laughs> She's saying, like, I don't want to go to this with him. And Bart's like, yeah, at least you really shouldn't go. Let me, you know, jump in there. I'll go disguised as you. And she's like, all the things that, it's like, what if he wants to hold hands? And he's like, yeah, I'm prepared to make that sacrifice. What if he wants a kiss? Yeah, I'm prepared to make that sacrifice. And she's like, what if? And it's like, Lisa, you, you seriously don't want to know how far I'll go to be able to go to the show. Like, he, wow, is really willing to offer himself up to, to Ralph to be able to go to, like, it, that much desperation to be able to, it's not like he hasn't ever seen Krusty in person. And we see later that he was actually able to watch it on TV and tape it off the television. Yes, I get it. You know, sometimes like, oh, you'll be able to see it on TV. It's like, it's not the same as being there in person. <laughs> I'm just thinking of how, how if Bart had went through with that and Krusty, <laughs> Krusty had still went to talk to the audience. <laughs> oh, that would that that'd be funny if like Bart did the reveal. Like, oh, I think that would have been worse than. What, uh, Lisa had to, I don't know. Now Ralph is in the play with me. I just know he's going to embarrass me in front of the whole school. Oh, no, it's a package from Ralph. 
So it's the night of the award show. Chief Wiggum's driving Lisa and Ralph there in his cop car. We're in the back. Ralph really, he keeps bringing up the Valentine's Day card because what other type of conversation can he bring up with her? It's the only connection he has with her is his card. He's like, I'm so glad you cho-cho-chose to come. And Lisa, you see her rolling her eyes like, Ralph, I, I think you need to give that gag a rest now. Like, you've, basically you've beaten it to death like a dead horse. Like, enough's enough. And she actually, she asked Chief Wiggum, like, well, how did you, yeah, Lisa asked Chief Wiggum, well, how did you get tickets? And he's like, oh, Krusty knows how to play ball. We see Krusty in a porno theater. Apparently Debbie does Springfield. And here comes Chief Wiggum with, uh, tub of popcorn I don't know if they have theaters like this anymore but they certainly if you looked hard enough you could probably find one in every single state somewhere yeah he sits down behind Krusty and he's like ah nothing beats a good porno movie and you see Krusty is worried he's like oh shit uh Chief Wiggum, is this a bust? And they're both awkward. Like, the fact that they're being, the idea that they could be found out. He's an entertainer in the entertainment business. This could really not look good for him. Chief Wiggum being the chief of police. If this got out, he could be in probably some major shit. It's like, uh, yeah, that's just what this is, uh, a bust. It's like, basically, I won't tell if you won't. Kind of like, we're both here, we're both kind of in the public eye in a way. It really could damage our reps, even losing our jobs if we were found out to be here. And Lisa says, well, that story isn't suitable for children. And Chief Wiggum's like, Really? I keep my pants on in this version. Oh, dude, TMI, Wiggum, TMI. They're eight-year-old kids. They don't need to hear about that. All they had to say to answer a question was like, don't worry, I just, I got the tickets. Let's just say I got them. You don't need to know the details as to how I happened to get them. And he says, oh, really? I keep my pants on in this version. Lisa sits back. Leans back against it like, ugh. <laughs> I just heard like, ugh. Alright, now we are at the award show. So we see Hillary and Bill Clinton sitting in the front row. And Corsi says, hey, Mr. President, I campaigned for the other guy, but I voted for you. Then he mentions Iola, I, Tola, whoever the hell. I've been doing the show so long, he only had a goatee. And of course you see the uh, applause thing sign flashing and it's just like and, and kids are at this show too i mean 
They don't find that fun. If you're a kid and you, you know those political jokes that people were making and they go way the fuck over your head, you're just like, huh? Like, maybe if I were an adult, I might find this chuckle worthy, but as a kid, I don't fucking find it funny because I don't get it. Yeah, this is just Krusty's failed attempt because you see the applause thing go on and he does the bit and everyone's just, they got a pissed off, angry look on their face. Their arms are folded. It's like, this ain't funny. So Krusty's failed attempt to make them laugh. Like, you know what? Let's just look at some clips. I'm like, yeah, that's what people are there for. The clips. So, of course, the first clip, Robert Frost, 1963. We got him, Robert Frost, reading from his own collection. We got Krusty all making weird faces. There's a pole rope. And, of course, he's like, hey, want some snow, Frosty? He pulls on the rope, and it's, like, loaded with snow. And you just see Robert Frost, like, covered in snow, looks at Krusty and says, when you asked me about this, I told you no. I didn't want to do this. He's like, hey, Frosty, you want some snow, man? Wah! And just this elevator shaft filled with snow just pours on poor Robert Frost. I don't know how old he was in 63, but you, you could be giving that man pneumonia for fuck's sake. Coupled with the bright, well, the bright lights on stage, I'm sure, would melt that snow, but even still. He's like, we discussed this, and I said no. We got Clinton laughing, and Lisa just has this look. She's uncomfortable, like, oh, that poor man. She's probably like, he's going to get, like, pneumonia and die or something. Now, of course, here's another clip, 1973. We got him wearing some black, crusty wearing black jeans, a purple open vest, a green peace sign necklace he's got the jeans that got like the belt that's got the big old like metal like little mini symbol things that probably clash around as you're moving and he's like yeah. <laughs> the point where he's on the floor like scream like singing or whatever while this weird lava lamp of multicolored scream plays in the background. And Rusty is just, even he's like, oh shit, what was I on? Damn! Singing the Try to Run, Try to Hide, Break On Through to the Other Side. Don't know what the song is, but um, we see Ralph offering his double scoop chocolate ice cream to Lisa. Lisa's like, no, I don't want it. Chief Wiggum, who's sitting on the other side of Lisa, is like, yeah, boy, pass it here. Of course, it tips and the scoops fall on Lisa's dress. And she's just, she's dressed very prettily. She's wearing a nice, you know, purple dress. And it just, now she's got chocolate on it. And you just, you feel so bad for her. And then Chief Wiggum doesn't exactly help matters by saying, oh, nothing gets chocolate out. See? And you see on his pant leg, he's got chocolate on Like, you couldn't have worn a clean pair of pants, sir. Come on. You're going out in public. You're the chief of police. You have an image to project. So now we look at another clip. He's went through many sideshow sidekicks over the years. Sideshow Rahim. We see a clip with Krusty. It's got to be in the 70s because the guy's got an afro and sunglasses. And he's got a big, like, wooden mallet that's about the size of the guy's head. It says, uh... 
The script says I'm supposed to bonk you with this. And the guy is just straight face, just, I wouldn't. And of course, Krusty says, right on, man. <laughs> it's like basically he's afraid he's going to get his ass kicked. And then he says, oh, angry, angry young man. It's like, who wouldn't want, who would want that to be physically injured? I don't know whether it's a toy one or not, but even maybe a toy one that makes noise. I don't know. Uh, big old Matt wooden mallet thing. I'm just like, no, no one's going to want that shit. No one's going to sign up to be physically injured. How many times did he put Sideshow Mel or Sideshow Bob into a fucking cannon and blast his ass out of it on stage? Oh, here we go. Chris is like, ah, oh, now for my favorite part of the show. Squinting his eyes. What? What's that say? And you see a cue card is literally right in front of his face. Like, talk to the audience. Oh, God, this is always death. <laughs> so, of course, he goes right over to Ralph. Before he gets to Ralph, Lisa is like panicking. I go, please don't let him show me with, show me with Ralph. So he goes over to Ralph. He's like, hey, what's your name, son? And he says, Ralph. And Cressy just insinuates like, oh, and is this your girlfriend, Ralph? And poor Lisa is like just whimpering. Because, you know, this is live on television. So everybody in Springfield and the whole, I mean, if it's being broadcast to other cities in the States, Outside of the state, I don't know, but it's just, I just, I feel bad. Just it's unwanted attention. She made her purpose clear, like, hey, I just don't like you like that. I just, I'm not. Well, she did say I'm not ready for that kind of thing. And you're, I think you're nice, but I'm just not ready. So in a way, and I'm not putting blame on Lisa by saying I'm not ready. Basically, meaning I'm interested, just not right now. And she's just, she's not. And I guess for Ralph, you had to be, like, crystal clear with him. At some point, yeah, she does. He's like, yes, I love Lisa Simpson. And one day when I grow up, I'm going to marry her. She, she hits her boiling point. She screams, no, you listen to me. I don't like you. I never liked you. And I only gave you that valentine because nobody else did. Nobody else would. And you see that Bart's taping it when we get back to the house. He's like, Lise, look at this. You can actually pinpoint the second that his heart rips in half. And he's putting it in slow-mo, fast forward. And it's just like, and, and, I mean, she feels bad. Like, maybe she's just a little rough with that. Um, and to make matters worse, of course, they still got to do that play together. Oh, boy, talk about awkward. God, this is always dead. All right. Oh, no, please don't show me with Ralph. What's your name, son? Ralph. And is this your girlfriend, Ralph? Yes, I love Lisa Simpson, and when I grow up, I'm going to marry her. No! Now, you listen to me. I don't like you. I never liked you. And the only reason I gave you that stupid Valentine is because nobody else would. Watch this, Lisa. You can actually pinpoint the second when his heart rips in half. And now. So, yeah, we do see Ralph feeling bad. He's throwing bread to ducks. They just look at him and they turn away. And that just makes him feel a thousand times worse. 
His dad sits down and says, son, I know exactly how you feel. You got a great little girl and the world's your oyster. And Ralph says, no, dad, she made a fool out of me. I'm like, buddy, think of how you acted. You pronounced to the world, basically, on live TV and everyone in Springfield that you you basically proclaimed, proclaimed your love for her. You said, I'm going to marry her when I get older. You embarrassed her, man. What, you, you, he thinks she made a fool out of him because she turned him down and just, well, she kind of put on display, like, look, I gave you that Valentine as a pity. I don't really like you. Not in that way. And I, I just, it's just, I, I think that's what he's referring to. Like, hey, she made a fool out of me in that way. It's like, dude, but you kind of crossed the line too. You, Lisa was just admitting her feelings. Yes, the way that she projected it wasn't exactly the best time, but she had hit a boiling point. He pushed your buttons and she was like, enough, you're not getting what I'm putting out here that I'm not interested in you that way. And I will never be interested in you in that way because I gave you that Valentine out of pity, not because I like you. So it dawns on Chief Wing and I'm like, oh yeah, she did. And then he decides to use his police power, which he realizes his badge is gone because a duck has it. So he's going to go after Homer, pull him over, and say, oh, you got a taillight out. And Homer's like, where? And then he takes his baton and smashes Homer's taillight. He says, right there. And Homer says, you know, one of these days, this town is going to turn against you crooked cops. And that put, like, puts the fear of God in Chief Wibbly. What? What? Really? Uh, have they set a date? Like, he just, this guy, he's so dumb. He does not need to be the chief of police. I get it. In some ways, he can be comical, but good grief, we don't need someone like that uh, in the small town <laughs> spring. Uh, we need, I don't know. I don't know. Lou, Eddie. Eddie's the other guy's name. Lou and Eddie. I mean, I think one of them probably would be more better qualified to be the chief of police. So, now we're at the President's Day uh, pageant, or not pageant, um, the play. We got orange drink and a big old mixer. Skinner keeps telling Willie to water it down more, I guess, to try to stretch it out as long as he can. And the baby, I guess they're trying to recoup their losses from the fire drill folly, so when someone pulls a fire drill, my guess is... If, a, if the fire department has to show up, which obviously they probably do, they're going to charge them for showing up for there not being an actual fire. I can imagine you're probably going to get a bill. Like, this is the time and money it took to get everything together and to get over to your school. We're going to send you a bill. Of course, the first musical number is going to be the forgettable president. There's... Four, five, six, seven, eight of them. One who died in 30 days. And I'm just like, this is, if this is clear fact they're pulling from the history books, I'm still learning stuff. Like, if I wanted to learn more about any of these presidents, I'm sure there's information on them. Or I guess they're just regrettable, forgettable presidents that maybe they didn't make the best choices while in office, or they weren't in office very long, or they just didn't make a, a mark, a memorable mark while in presidency, I guess. 
We got uh, Bart playing uh, John Wilkes Booth, who takes out Abraham Lincoln at the Ford's Theater. Of course, <laughs> yeah. uh, he's like, oh, hey, check this girl's out. Lowers his butt, <laughs> lowers his butt, and drops his pants and underwear and basically flashes them with, I don't know whether it's a fake nose on his butt or whatever, and he's like, oh, I am not a butt. Basically, he's doing an impression of Nixon. Ah, uh, the girls freak out. They start screaming and run behind Mrs. Miss Hoover. Miss Hoover luckily takes things under control and says, Bart, do you want to play John Wilkes Booth or do you want to act like a maniac? And, of course, <laughs> Milhouse, who's playing Abraham Lincoln, is like, Miss Hoover, this beard is giving me a rash. She's like, suck it up, Milhouse. You're on stage for, like, less than two minutes. You get shot. And then you're you're done. So just suck it up and deal with it, basically. So Lisa is in her, uh, you know, President's wife, George Washington's wife, Martha's garb. And uh, this must be, what, the first time that they've seen each other all day since the incident or whatever. Because it is, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because Ralph comes in, it's hella awkward, and she's, and just the audience, the the um, the music that this the score underneath it, it just it just he looks very, he looks pissed off basically. He's he's angry, and Lisa is just frightened to see him. Like Ralph, like like she thought he was gonna kick her ass. I don't know. But, I mean, that's the thing. It seems like when you blow up with someone, and yeah, you probably do regret it a little bit, and then the awkwardness of having to see them later. Um, I had a situation where I had to talk to somebody, and I immediately kind of regretted, like, how I worded it or how I came across. So I ended up apologizing to the person. Like, I should have kind of did a little better in my wording and how I kind of approached you and everything like that. That's just me. Sometimes when I, I go off and I say something, I immediately regret it and go to apologize because that's going to weigh on your conscious conscience forever. And she goes to sit like, Ralph, I'm sorry. And he's like, leave me alone. I'm here to play George Washington. He sits down in the wheelchair. I'm thinking, dude, you're not playing FDR. You're playing George Washington, who was not in a wheelchair. Why they got, they probably do have it for FDR. Ralph, I'm sorry. I... Leave me alone. I'm here to play George Washington. Uh, Ralph? Miss Hoover? This beard's giving me a rash. Millhouse, you have one line and then you're shot. Now get out there. Oh. I thought that civil war would never end. Now to soothe my head with an evening at Ford's the Theater. No, no, John Wilkes Booth. Hasta la vista, Abe. Come on, boy, finish him off. <laughs> You're next, Chester A. Arthur. Unhand me, Yankee. So Skinner comes out and it's like, all right, well, our uh, evening comes to an end. Homer's like, woo! And then Skinner adds, 
with a thorough retelling of the life of George Washington. And Homer's like, don't! Like, I just when you're, like, running to go, like, okay, they're coming out. It means it's done. You can go home. And it's like, fuck. I'm gonna send them more of this shit. And now our evening comes to an end. Woohoo! With a thorough retelling of the life of George Washington. Don't! Dear, dear George Washington, can this liberty you dream of be worth all this bloodshed? Well, can it? Dear madam, would you put a price on the air we breathe or the providence that sustains us? But couldn't we just give in to the British? Never! That boy is magnificent. He makes me want to learn more about our founding fathers. To the library! Yeah! So, they're doing the scene between George and Martha. Ralph is standing in front of a working fireplace on the stage. Let me tell you, that is a hazard, if anything. He takes the I Choo Choo Choose You card, and he throws it into the fire. It's like, he feels like, it, it was basically just a sham. She felt sorry for him. It's like, this card just means nothing now. And just, it, it's just, it's sad that he realizes, like, this was just a, a, a farce. She never really liked me. She's doing her lines, and, and Ralph gives a, gives a hell of a performance, this kid. He really gets his moment to shine here with his acting, and just, the audience just eats it up, just loves it. So now, of course, we get to the end where George is in bed dying, Martha's next to him, we see... Rex, who has basically been made a servant, and it's like, I asked for no broth. Away with thee, lest my cane find your backside. So in the last few minutes of George's life, he has the audacity to threaten a servant. And you just see Rex roll his eyes like, uh, yeah, uh-huh, and he walks away. And it just, it's so sweet as Ralph as George, he really, really, he really sells the scene. Just, dear Martha, I feel my time is at hand. If I could take one thing with me into the next life, it would be the, t the tender touch of your, or just to memorize your face or something. It's, just, it's sweet. The audience is just moved to tears. George Washington passes away. People are crying. They're clapping. Even Willie, the groundskeeper, is brought to tears by the performance. They just, he really sends it like out of the park. Dear Martha, dear my time is at hand. Oh, George. Your broth, Mr. President. I ask for no broth. Away with you, lest my cane find your backside! Mm, yes. <laughs> Please don't leave me, George. Dear wife, if I could take but one treasure with me to the next life, it would be your tender kiss. Now that's a man. I'll cry when the old father was hung for stealing a pig. But I'll cry now. <laughs> <laughs>
forget to purchase some orange drink for the long ride home. <laughs> they must have a budget to put on a hell of a performance. I mean, you got the American flag rising up. You got Lisa and Ralph on a platform rising up. You see the Mount Rushmore coming down. One has a movable mouth. President Skinner's mentioning purchase some orange drink for the long ride home. They all fucking live in town, like less than a mile away from the school. <laughs> uh, we see... Like, literally, yeah, everyone is moved to tears by his performance. We see all the girls clamoring to get his autograph, and I'm just like, wow, he got to have his moment. I like that he and Lisa are on solid ground again. Like, it's cool, cleared the air between us, we're buddies again. He's like, Lisa! And she says, you were great tonight. And, you know, she's on the swings, and they swing, and it's just so sweet. Of course, we hear... The Monster Mash song to close out the episode. She does give him a new card. And there's like, uh, let's be friends. It's got to be on it. And she's like, yeah, I thought you'd like that. And it's just, oh, my heart. It just, this was such a sweet episode. It was a good learning lesson, too. Um, I did have somebody that, I mean, to this day, I don't know if they had those feelings or me towards that. I definitely didn't share them. Um. And there's an eighth grade dance where he asked me a couple times to dance. I did give in. And it's just, just like, I didn't feel that way. People are like looking at us like, oh, I'm just like, I don't like him like that. Was being nice. And then, of course, again, like, I think homecoming, sophomore, junior year, one of them, um, he had asked me to dance. I had turned him down. I ended up dancing with someone else. And it, it was just, I, I don't know whether he had had a, thing for me or not I mean I don't know but um he was a good friend I'll I'll say that definitely he definitely was a good friend I don't I haven't talked to him since we were in high school but um yeah I never got to the point where I had to set him straight like I just like you as a friend I didn't ever have to say any of that he pretty much got the gist of that based on my actions of not showing interest in him for that reason just think it's so adorable and so cute. I know there are other most likely since Simpsons is in his, what, 35th season? Um, I'm sure there have been many of Simpsons Valentine's Day episodes. I actually had to look up and see just how many Christmas Simpsons episodes there were just out of curiosity. So going back, because I do want to see what kind of trivia, what kind of goofs, stuff like that. 
let's see here. So trivia. Here we go. I'm just going to kind of pick and choose because there's a shit ton. Uh, the first one. After the episode aired, the staff received a letter from a Vietnam veteran who was angry about the Vietnam flashback scene initially. Incidentally, Matt Groening's brother himself, a Vietnam veteran, loved the sequence. Uh, I kind of figured this one. The scene of Chief Wiggum sitting behind Krusty at an adult movie theater and Krusty thinking he is about to be arrested is a reference to Paul Rubens, who played Pee Wee Herman. His arrest for masturbating at a pornographic movie theater in Sarasota, Florida. Uh, I've never, like, again, I've never been to a theater like that. I kind of thought, wasn't that, if you're going to a pornographic movie, isn't it expected that you're going to do that? I mean, isn't it just like they go hand in hand or you're just there basically to see the movie and then go home and like wank off later? I don't fucking know. I don't know. Can they... You do that shit in your own damn home. That's what I say. I mean, my freaking gosh. Okay, here we go. When Ralph tells Lisa, Lisa, leave me alone, I'm here to play George Washington, he sits down in a wheelchair, dons glasses, and smokes a cigarette, a reference to former President Franklin Roosevelt. That's why Lisa says, Ralph, you're, like, basically, George Washington was never in a wheelchair. Here we go. This is how the story originated. From a personal episode of Al Jean's life, when Jean was in third grade, he received a valentine from a girl that read I Choo 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 Choo. Years later, Jean wondered if the girl had really liked him. He told writing partner Mike Reese about it, and they thought it could be an idea for an episode where Lisa could give such a valentine to Ralph Wiggum, who would then take it too far. Which... Yeah, definitely. It just seems like sometimes when some of you try to be nice, you, you, you're nice to them, and you can, like, kind of take it, like, they insinuate that it's their feeling for you. Like, oh, it means they like, like, you know the whole like and like, like. I mean, that was back in the day, 80s and 90s. Yeah, the mediocre president song five named presidents taylor tyler fillmore and william henry harrison are the only four wig party w-h-i-g party presidents first appearance of blill blill bill clinton and hillary clinton in the series uh a technique the staff used to come up with stories and ideas was to think what holiday haven't we done on the simpsons or done lately as they have done several halloween and christmas episodes the staff liked the idea of doing a valentine's day episode it kind of well it kind of feels like valentine's day slash president's day because they're like literally um they're literally really close to you because we got george washington's birthday on the 22nd we got abraham lincoln's birthday on the 12th, and we got Valentine's Day on the 14th. This last one here for trivia, Ralph's personality and voice had been quite variable in earlier episodes. The episode established his personality for the remainder of the series and made him one of the most quotable characters in the cast. Alright, so I kind of looked through the user reviews. There's nothing really that stands out that I want to read. So with that being said... Again, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I definitely enjoyed covering this, and since it is Valentine's Day today, that's why I wanted to get it out. So, enjoy it. Have a great Valentine's Day if you're celebrating it. And if not, I hope you enjoy the episode. If you want to email the podcast, do so at lbomwonderyearspodcast at gmail.com. Bye-bye, everyone.